Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy, and this is the Church to Stop Shopping in lovely downtown um, Brooklyn, New York. And come on in, we have some empty seats right here. Asking ourselves today this question Is it already silent? Springtime. Is that what just happened? Are we experiencing the silent spring? In the church, we believe that we just experienced the screaming summer. And we'll have a revolutionary fall and winter. Oh, yeah, the song would stop singing some time ago. The population dropped 50% a few years ago when the insects died. Americans have never been very good at placing ourselves in, in the schedule of history. Uh, anyway, am I right? Too much virtual reality, too much religion, too much QAnon, too much consumerism, too much of nothing. The upcoming climate conference in Glasgow, Scotland, COP26. COP26 might tell us the time. They say it's the last climate meeting before we are officially declared extinct. And that's why the 1% is so afraid of us. Woo! They're bombarding Glasgow with uh, fake experts and and corrupted politicians and press release after press release. Why? They gotta get that springs sounding good again. They'll put mechanical robot robins on the branches with fake feathers, like a David Lynch movie. I think it's too late though. Hope not. It's not too late to sing. Stop Shopping Choir is going to be singing on the streets of Glasgow, Scotland. We will be there in person. Some of you shared your resources with us, made it possible for a lot of us to go. Thank you. We'll be in the streets of Glasgow singing Earthalooya, Earthalooya, Earthalooya.
so far, human beings have managed to raise the temperature of the planet one degree Celsius. I'm not going to give you many numbers, but that's a key one. Managed to raise the temperature of the planet one degree Celsius, eh, 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit. We could call it two if we wanted to. Um, that doesn't sound like an enormous amount. You know, if the temperature is a degree Celsius different from when we walk out of this auditorium than when we walk in, we won't be able to tell the difference. Our bodies aren't that finely calibrated. But the planet can tell the difference because that extra heat is aggregated over such a large area. And in fact, it's easier to understand if we think about it in other units Every single day, because of the extra carbon we've put in the atmosphere by burning coal and gas and oil primarily, uh, that extra carbon traps heat, the heat equivalent of about 400,000 Hiroshima-sized explosions daily. And once you think about it in those units, it gets easier to understand the scale of the damage we've already done. That's how we were able to melt most of the ice in the summer Arctic. You know, this eons old continent scale meters thick sheet of ice that's now mostly slush um, uh, if it isn't open water. Um, and those kind of changes on that scale are already extraordinary. Among other, for instance, that melt in the Arctic, we now think, has fundamentally destabilized the way that the jet stream works, the, the atmospheric transmission of uh, heat from the uh, equators towards the poles. That jet stream now has much greater amplitude and gets stuck for periods of time, which explains these extraordinary sequences of drought or flood, depending on which side you're finding yourself of that wave at any given moment. Uh, the same thing with its marine equivalent, the Gulf Stream, uh, uh, the vast ocean current, a hundred times the size of the Amazon River in its volume that, again, transports heat northward from the equators. Uh, because of the fresh water now pouring off Greenland and out of that melting ice sheet, because it's changing the salinity of the North Atlantic of the Arctic, and those salinity differences and density differences are what drive those currents. We think the evidence and new data this year is that the uh, Gulf Stream has slowed about 15% already. So think about change on that scale, that over the course of a few decades, we've managed to alter the most fundamental systems on our home planet. Climate changed me when I lost my only job. Climate changed me when my mom beat Began to sob. Climate changed me when the storm tore off the roof. Climate changed me when the sky told me the truth. Well, I always knew that I would have to change. But do I have to die, die to change?
change, change, change. Climate changed you. Climate changed you. When the flash flood makes you scream. Climate changed you. Climate changed you. When the drought dries up your dreams. Climate changed you. Climate changed you. With three cousins underground. Climate changed you. Climate changed you. When the springtime made no sound. Well, I always knew that you would have to change. But do you have to die? Die to change, change, change. Climate changed us. When the flower lost its being, climate changed us. Climate changed us. Climate changed us. When the sunshine hates our skin. Climate changed us. Thank you. 
Environmentalists, listen to me. Make your stand like Standing Rock. The First Nations peoples in North Dakota are showing us the future of direct action. In the path of the Enbridge pipeline, the black snake. They're making something that traditional environmentalists don't have the words for. A friend of mine who's there right now put it this way. It's not like a protest. It's a ceremony. There's a crucial lesson here for we environmentalists. We got to learn it. At Standing Rock, the cops and courts, helicopters and drones and Dobermans are facing their opposite. The pipeline of pure life is pouring onto them from a hundred tribes. It must be astonishing for Dakota Access Advocates to come face to face with their anti-world. All the life that the pipeline would have killed over the years is anticipating events and they're showing up right now. All the burrowing owls and, and golden eagles and prairie rattlers and grasshopper sparrows and just all the stuff from the earth, the life that isn't oil, is staging this drama. Keep it in the ground takes on a new meaning. <laughs> that ground is not like the ultimate other. That ground is not going to erase fossil fuel. That ground is full of life, animals, plants, you and me, ancestors. It's rising up over the drills, puncture, the pipeline's tunnel, the bomb train's rails. Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Researchers have discovered a universal mathematical formula that can describe any bird's egg existing in nature. A significant step in understanding not only the shape of the egg, but also how and why it evolved. Egg shape has long attracted the attention of mathematicians, engineers, and biologists from an analytical point of view. The shape has been highly regarded for its evolution as large enough to incubate an embryo, small enough to exit the body in the most efficient way, not roll away once laid, is structurally sound enough to bear weight and be the beginning of life for so many species. The egg has been called the perfect shape. This new universal mathematical formula for egg shape is based on four parameters, egg length, maximum breadth, shift of the vertical axis, and the diameter at one quarter of the egg length. In the search for life elsewhere, astronomers have mostly looked for planets of a similar size, mass, temperature, and atmospheric composition to Earth. However, astronomers from the University of Cambridge believe there are more promising possibilities out there. The researchers have identified a new class of habitable planets, dubbed Hycean planets, hot, ocean-covered planets with hydrogen-rich atmospheres, which are more numerous and observable than Earth-like planets. 
The researchers say the results could mean that finding biosignatures of life outside our solar system within the next two or three years is a real possibility. A new study suggests that all living snakes evolved from a handful of species that survived the giant asteroid impact that wiped out the dinosaurs and most other living things at the end of the Cretaceous period. The authors say that this devastating extinction event was a form of creative destruction that allowed snakes to diversify into new niches previously filled by their competitors. A new study finds that SARS-CoV-2 is evolving toward more efficient aerosol generation, and loose-fitting masks provide significant but only modest source control. Until vaccination rates are very high, continued layered controls, including improved ventilation, increased filtration, UV air sanitation, and tight-fitting masks are critical to protect people in public-facing jobs and indoor spaces. Smoke and ash from the 2019-2020 Australian wildfires triggered widespread algal blooms in the Southern Ocean thousands of miles downwind, a new study finds. The study is the first to conclusively link a large-scale response in marine life to fertilization by iron aerosols from wildfire emissions. It raises intriguing questions about the role wildfires may play in spurring the growth of marine phytoplankton, which absorbs large quantities of climate-warming carbon dioxide from Earth's atmosphere through photosynthesis and are the foundation of the oceanic food web. Evidence shows that tiny aerosol particles of iron in the windborne smoke and ash fertilized the water as they fell into it, providing nutrients to fuel blooms at a scale unprecedented in that region. The Antarctic ice sheet is the largest mass of ice in the world, holding around 60% of the world's fresh water. If it all melted, global average sea levels would rise by 58 meters. Scientists don't know exactly how global warming will affect this great ice sheet. This knowledge gap was reflected in the latest report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. It contains projections for models in which important processes affecting the ice sheets, known as feedbacks and tipping points, are absent because scientific understanding is lacking. Current projections of ice sheet melt are so wide that developing ways for societies to adapt will be incredibly expensive and difficult. Firefighters wrapped the base of the world's largest tree in a fire-resistant blanket as they tried to save a famous grove of gigantic old-growth sequoias from wildfires burning in California's rugged Sierra Nevada. The colossal General Sherman tree in Sequoia National Park's giant forest. Some other sequoias, the giant forest museum and some other buildings were wrapped as protection against the possibility of intense flames. The aluminum wrapping can withstand intensive heat for short periods. Federal officials say that they have been using the material for several years throughout the U.S. West. Thousands of migrating birds have been welcomed back to New Zealand with the sound of cathedral bells after making one of the longest avian migration flights in the world. Eastern bar-tail godwits, or quokka, in Maori landed on Motuka Sandspit at the top of the South Island on Tuesday where they rested following the 6,200-mile nonstop flight from the Arctic. In New Zealand, some 80,000 godwits arrive and move into harbors and estuaries across the two islands. The species is in decline due to the collapsing food supply in the Yellow Sea. Last year, one godwit was tracked flying more than 7,500 miles from Alaska to New Zealand, setting a new world record for avian nonstop flight. 
Satellite imagery shows that logging activity is spreading from peripheral areas of the Amazon toward the rainforest's core. The satellite-based mapping of seven of Brazil's nine Amazonian states shows a terrifying pattern of logging advance that cleared an area three times the city of the city of Sao Paulo between August 2019 and July 2020 alone. At the state level, lack of transparency in logging data makes it impossible to calculate how much of the timber production is illegal. Evidence of cutting in indigenous reserves and conservation units where logging is prohibited make clear that illegal logging accounts for much of the activity. A record number of environmental activists were killed in 2020, and the blame lies squarely on extractive industries, including agribusiness and logging. The number of documented killings, 227, occurred across the world, but in especially high numbers throughout Latin America and the Amazon. According to the report, published late Sunday by Global Witness, the real number is likely to be higher. On average, our data shows that four defenders have been killed every week since the signing of the Paris Climate Agreement. But this shocking figure is almost certainly an underestimate, with growing restrictions on journalism and other civic freedoms, meaning cases are likely being unreported. Several members of a troop of Western lowland gorillas at the Atlanta Zoo have tested positive for the coronavirus after handlers noticed many of the great apes were showing signs of mild coughing, runny noses, and a small loss of appetite. President Biden is directing the labor officials in his administration to draft a set of rules that businesses would have to follow during extreme heat a regulation advocates have increasingly clamored for as a warming climate raises new risks for workers. The Biden administration is moving to protect workers and communities from extreme heat after a dangerously hot summer that spurred an onslaught of drought-worsened wildfires and caused hundreds of deaths from the Pacific Northwest to hurricane-ravaged Louisiana. The recent killing of 1,428 white dolphins in the Faroe Islands has brought renewed scrutiny to the island nation's long-held tradition of driving cetaceans into the shore and butchering them for their meat. Less than a week after the controversial hunt, Faroese Prime Minister Nielsen called for an official evaluation of the hunt. The hunt in question happened on September 12th in the Isterpe region of the Faroe Islands, a Danish territory north of Scotland. After spotting a large pod of Atlantic white-sided dolphins off the coast of Esterpe, locals used motorboats to drive the animals towards Skalavatnor Beach and then killed them with knives. This hunt was the largest in recent history in the Faroe Islands, according to locals as well as activists close to the issue. Previous hunts, known locally as grinds, which is short for Grinderup, in Faroese have generally targeted pilot whales in pods ranging from a few hundred to about a thousand. Valentina Crast, an activist with Sea Shepherd, a group that has been campaigning against the Faroese grind since the 1980s, says these hunts are a relic of the past and have no place in modern society. She said this hunt was particularly brutal since there weren't enough people taking part, and that as a result, most of the dolphins ended up dying inhumanely, some of them killed by propellers of boats. And now, the sounds of extinction. Medicinal plant knowledge. A study at the University of Zurich in Switzerland shows that a large proportion of existing medicinal plant knowledge is linked to threatened indigenous languages. 
In a regional study of the Amazon, New Guinea, and North America, researchers concluded that 75% of medicinal plant uses are known in only one language. The study evaluated 645 plant species in the northwestern Amazon and their medicinal uses, according to the oral tradition of 37 languages. It found that 91% of this knowledge exists in a single language, and that the extinction of that language implies the loss of the medicinal knowledge as well. Let's pray to the earth. Well, now, during a lockdown, a lot of us in the United States, feeling trapped, we went to our computers and put our finger on a little erogenous button there. And 24 hours later, the Amazon company delivered a package at our door. And in this habit, over the year and a half, Jeff Bezos, the principal owner of Amazon, became the richest man in the world. And then he went into outer space with billions of dollars he could spend on that hobby of his. Well, we feel now that COP26, the climate conference, we're on our way there. We feel there is a way out of this trap waiting for us there if we do the work, if we work together. And of course, the 1%, the Jeff Bezos of the world, they see us. And they know that this has the aura, this conference, of being the last chance. And the people are very serious. They understand the level of emergency that we are now involved in and how hard we'll be working to make that escape into a new kind of activism for the Earth. The Earth will be our colleague, our guide. And each of us, even those of us lost in the social conditioning of capitalism and Christianity for centuries, <laughs> each of us will be finding the Earth within, the indigenous self, that will come back into our lives as a kind of activism. And if you think that you've just been away from the earth forever, just go to your favorite ecosystem. Be there, whether it be the meadow or the forest or the coral reef or the shore, or the mangrove swamp or the, you know, just find that place where you have that special feeling. Talk to the earth, be with the earth. The earth will come into your dreams. The earth is alive. Amen? We will find that way. And even as the 1% comes down on COP26 with its heavy hand, its press releases and its corrupted scientists and its politicians, oh, we will keep our focus. The earth will be there with us. Will somebody give me earth here today? <laughs>